and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 636 this Monday morning. You're listening to This Morning on 630 Chat. Daryl's going to be gone uh, for the next couple of weeks or so. He's spending time with uh, family on Vancouver Island, so it's going to be me. It's going to be Morley and our technical producer, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Stacey, how are you doing? Good, good, good. So uh, that was a Christmas song, so we only have about 20% normal music today and the rest Christmas stuff. You right? got it, yeah. We'll just uh, we'll sprinkle in uh, the, the regular music today. All right, and then Wednesday from Wednesday on till uh, the holidays, we're going to go yeah, full on Christmas. All yeah. right, that is the plan here on this morning. Thanks so much, Jeff. Coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, we're going to check in with Edmonton's Food Bank. They are short of their fundraising goal again this holiday season, unprecedented. Demand. I know we've heard that before, um, but uh, they're, they're, they're a little bit short. So we're going to check in with them and how you can support Edmonton's Food Bank. Marjorie Benz will be our guest coming up just after the 7 o'clock news. Right now, though, on Friday, in case uh, you were following uh, this, uh, the courts granted an interim injunction against the city of Edmonton and police. And you, you heard about it. Morgan talked about it in the news. Um, police, they did have plans to remove more than 130 high-risk encampments around the city. Um, but the judge pressed pause, and he wants to hear more arguments today. Uh, Jordan Reinecker is the executive director of Boyle Street Community Services. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So can you just give us an update on what's going to happen in court today? Yeah, and I think just before that as a starting point, uh, I think everybody can agree, whether whatever side you are on this issue, that nobody wants encampments in our city. They're not a dignified place for people to be and to be living in, and so this isn't about a question of whether we want people living in encampments or not. It's a question of the scale of this operation, the timing of it, and whether it's an appropriate way to handle the situation, especially heading into the holidays. And so the, there was a, a pause button, as you said, uh, pressed on Friday. There's a hearing today at 11 where I believe further arguments are going to be made by uh, the, the coalition and the Edmonton Police Service, and I believe potentially the city of Edmonton. Uh, and then the judge will make a determination as what to whether the injunction will continue or uh, whether the uh, police are able to continue with the operation. So what is Boyle Street's stake in all of this? I guess you got the letter saying this was going to happen. It was supposed to happen. Uh, was it supposed to happen this week or this past weekend? It was supposed to start today, actually, on Monday. Okay. Uh, we got the letter on Thursday um, saying, essentially, that they're dismantling these 134 structures, which we know, you know, typically in larger encampments that these are structures are in, you're housing between typically two to four people in one of those structures. So, you know, the, the number of people impacted is significant, you know, anywhere from 260 people to up to 400, potentially, depending on the number of people in those structures, uh, which is a significant number of people who are being displaced and disrupted at one time. Uh, heading into the holidays, which is, I'm sure many of our listeners, your listeners can appreciate the holidays can be a really difficult time for people, especially those who are struggling. Uh, and so we're just worried about the impact on it. We're worried about the capacity of agencies like ours that are already stretched and and capacity is thinner during the holiday season. 
And so just questioning whether the timing of this is appropriate. They, they called these encampments high risk. What does that mean, mm-hmm. high risk? From what we can gather uh, is they're worried about um, potentially fire risk. They're worried about criminal activity that might be happening in these places. And that's why I say, you know, we have partnered with the police many times to look at dismantling encampments that we deem to also be, you know, too too risky to stay around. Um, but, you know, given the timing, given the, the scale of this, uh, and given, you know, the context of we've had more overdose deaths, for instance, in the last little while in Edmonton than we've ever had in our history. Uh, we're experiencing significant uh, outbreak of different illnesses in the inner city, uh, Shigella, Bartonella, um, a bunch of different things that um, that this kind of disruption, we're just worried is actually riskier at this time of year when we haven't had the time to coordinate and collaborate uh, and make sure that people are supported as these things get dismantled. So are, are you okay with this dismantling if you are ready for them? Is, is, that, is that the problem? Is that, that there's just no preparation? Is this just sort of came out of the blue and it, 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 you know, it gave you like four days notice? Yeah, I think we we would absolutely, and we have in the past, work with the police, work with the city to try and do this in the best way possible. And I think it's important to note that we have done ma- mass encampment dismantling uh, in a in a really effective way in the past, and, and not that long ago, in 2020, uh, we were part of. If you remember Camp Pekawewin, and then there was another one on the on the south side called Light Horse Park. And uh, the city worked with us, and, and we were coordinating for a few weeks, actually, on the dismantling of that encampment at Light Horse Park. It was 45 people, and we actually rented a hotel with funding from the city and the federal government. Uh, and, and all 45 of those folks chose to go to the hotel um, in the lead-up to that encampment being closed. Uh, we were able to close it in a good, humane way. And all of the people in that hotel over the course of the next five months, you know, over half of them moved to permanent housing. Some of them went into treatment. We were able to find other spots for other people. Uh, And so we've done this before in our city in a good way, in a way that actually gets to the root causes. And, you know, in this way that we're talking about here is a mass sort of uh, displacement of people. Uh, It's sort of just moving people around. I think the reality is that people are going to go set up encampments someplace else. This isn't actually solving the problem. And so, you know, we're hoping that we can point to the the success we've had as a city in doing this right uh, and and encourage those kinds of solutions as opposed to just moving people around. So why did they want to, why are they changing tactics now though? If, if they've done it, you know, the previous mm-hmm. way where, where you say things were done right and, and the people in these in, in these encampments were, were supported and, and given a place to stay. And then this one, it, it sounds like there wasn't much of a plan in place. What From, we, we have, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, we have, we were not involved in any of the decision making around it. We've been trying since Thursday to understand, you know, who even made this decision, why was it made, and uh, and you know, without any coordination, and even to the point where they even asked us in the letter not to be present to provide support to people as they were dismantling the camps, and so. Um, we're just not sure why that was the the response, and um, and we're really worried about uh, the fact that this is just it's counterproductive. What are the outcomes we're trying to achieve with this? If it's to help people move forward to something better, if it's to get people out of a riskier situation, then this this action is not uh, is not achieving that especially around the holidays when capacity is stretched uh, everywhere. And, um, and so we think that there's better ways to do it. And regardless of what happens with the injunction, 
you know, we're just asking EPS in the city just to push pause on this and let's mm-hmm. let's coordinate and let's talk about this and let's do this right. So when police in the city dismantle an encampment, what does that mean? Does, does that mean everything... It, what what does that mean? Do they throw stuff in the garbage? What 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 does mm-hmm. that look like? There's typically the the waves of crews that are coming. So the police will come. Um, they've already provided notices to people in encampments right now uh, to say that they're coming to shut down the encampment. Um, then they will come. They will let everybody know that they have to leave. Uh, there'll be a pretty significant police presence there. Uh, and then there's crews from the city of Edmonton that will come and literally take down the structures, throw everything away. So there is an opportunity for people to take some of the things with them, but of course it's basically what people can carry with them on their person. Um, And this is the other risk, you know, people who are uh, in these encampments um, have got the tools that they need there to to survive the cold weather. And I know we're having an unseasonably warm uh, winter, but even the the wet and uh, the slushy stuff that can be more dangerous for people because they get wet and then it freezes at night still. Uh, and then they get into real trouble. Um, and so, you know, now you're taking away all the things that people have gathered to survive this, these weather conditions, and they have to start from scratch. And I, and I think the reality is people are camping in the winter in Edmonton. Uh, they're not going to go to shelter now just because you've taken their camp down. They're going to be going and setting up another encampment. And so uh, now that's a riskier proposition for them. Jordan, can you hold on? I, I just have a couple more questions that we just have to take a break. Can you hold on for uh, the next couple of minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Uh, we're talking to uh, Jordan Reinecker, the Executive Director of Boyle Street Community Services, about uh, an injunction. Uh, they're going to the courts again today, talking about the removal of 130-plus high-risk encampments. We're back in two minutes. With Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 649 this uh, Monday morning. We've been speaking with uh, Jordan Reiniger. He is the executive director of Boyle Street Community Services. On Friday, the courts granted an interim injunction against the city of Edmonton and police. They had plans to remove more than 130 high-risk encampments. It is going before a judge again today, and we will see what the outcome is. Of course, we will be covering that here on 630 Ched. And and Jordan, um, I do want to ask you, this is been a topic of conversation amongst so many people. You see all of these encampments popping up in places that you've never seen them before. And I... a lot of people want them gone, Jordan. Um, I, I was uh, sitting in a restaurant and I was hearing these three ladies talk uh, just over dinner saying that they don't feel safe walking by them and, and um, that they have to be cleaned up. But it's a little bit more complicated than that, isn't it? For, for people who have these concerns. Yeah, I think, and I think, uh, you know, as I was saying before, I think everybody shares that objective. We all want them gone. There is no, I don't think there's any compassionate person who believes that a tent in the city of Edmonton, especially during the winter, is an appropriate place for people to be living. And so the question is, what are the, what are the alternatives we can offer people? 
And for whatever reason, a lot of people don't feel safe in the shelter system as we have it. Uh, and so they are choosing uh, a tent in Edmonton in the middle of winter instead of doing that for, you know, the reasons of privacy, for security, uh, for fear of being, um, uh, you know, having some of these diseases that I have mentioned before are spreading around the inner city and, and wanting to keep themselves as safe as possible. Uh, mental health issues that they might have where they don't feel comfortable being in a mass congregate shelter space with hundreds of other people. And so, um, so there's a lot of reasons why people are choosing that. And I'm using the word choice very uh, carefully mm-hmm. because I don't think it's a real choice, actually, for a lot of people. I think it's what they feel is their only choice. And, um, and so, you know, I think, as I was saying previously, there are ways that we can do this in, in an effective way. Because right now the approach, if it's an enforcement-based approach, you're pushing people around. You're knocking down an encampment. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be set up someplace else because we haven't actually changed the conditions for people uh, or given them a different alternative. And so for those uh, women sitting at the coffee shop, I totally uh, understand where they're coming from and, and actually share their concerns and their worries. Um, and so I think it, the question is, how do we come together as a community to do this in a way that addresses the root causes that actually gets to the challenges that people are being are faced in those spaces. And and just to give you an example, we, we gave an example of the, the transitional housing as the way out of this, uh, which I still believe is the most effective way of dealing with this. It's not 100% effective, but it's sure a lot more effective than just knocking down encampments without uh, proper supports. And the, the there was just an announcement of $8 million for 50 more police officers, largely to deal with homelessness and encampment issues mm-hmm. and that eight million dollars would allow us to house 350 people for six months uh, in a transitional housing model and so the money is there we're just spending it in a particular way that is maybe less effective in terms of actually getting to the long-term outcomes we all want and so um, like I said there are solutions we've done this successfully in the past I'm just not sure why we're not leaning on that expertise, that experience, uh, and doing similar things that we know will work. Well, we'll see what happens today and what the judge says in terms of uh, this um, this pause on on an injunction against um, tearing down some of these uh, high-risk encampments. So we'll see what happens today. Thanks, Jordan, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me and continuing to cover these issues. Appreciate it. Jordan Reinecker, Executive Director of Boyle Street Community Services.